Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM as we welcome you in. This is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Time to become a pro. Go to vsin.com slash subscribe. So as we welcome you in, I wrote down so many storylines from week nine. We've hardly gotten to them as we welcome you back. Of course, Baltimore, New Orleans close week nine. Michael Lombardi tonight. Baltimore is laying the point and a half. We'll get to that in a second. But the breaking news as we get you going here, hour two is Jeff Saturday is the interim head coach there with the Colts. Frank Reich fired a little bit earlier this morning. Ursay goes and picks a former Colt legend. So that's where we start the second hour and we'll move on. But just it's it's kind of one of those things where you're like, wait, is this real? Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, it's just kind of a lack of of really respect for the profession as a whole when you take a guy with no experience and put him into the job. You know, this this happened before. So one of the great stories of coaching history is, I believe it was 1984, 85, uh, Marv Levy was the former head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. And he kind of turned the Chiefs around. And, and they started to get good. It took a while. Back then, coaches had time to get teams. There was no free agency. It was only the draft, yada, yada, yada. So he got the Chiefs turned around. And then 81, there was the strike. And the strike, because Kansas City was a was a, a union town, the strike was very, very toxic. And when the players came back, there was a complete discontent within the locker room. And after that season, Lamar Hunt fired, fired Marv Levy. And then Marv went back up to Canada, where he was very successful as a head coach. He went back up to Canada. And... And then when I believe Hank Bulla got fired in Buffalo in 84, 85, because of his relationship, Bill Polian's relationship with Marv Levy going back to their their careers together, he brought Marv Levy in, which at the time people looked like, wait a minute, wait, they brought Marv Levy in? He's not, you know, he came from Canada. Yeah, but it, but Marv Levy was a head coach. Marv, he, Marv Levy was a strategist, right? Coached the kicking game, was a defensive, offensive coach. He kind of was a little bit of everything. And so they did that. Where this one to me is, again, I don't understand like how he is going to sell himself to the players in the room as, okay, I got this, guys. Follow me, and I'll lead you to where you want to go. Now, if Jim Mercer comes out today and said, hey, look, I brought, you, I brought Steph in. Jeff will give us balance. He'll keep everybody – he'll, he'll hold people accountable. And, you know, we'll let the coaches do what they're doing. But, like, they fired their offense coordinator. Like, who's calling plays? It's not Saturday. Like, who's calling plays? Like, who's going who's gonna to put the strategy of the game plan in this week against the Raiders? Not that the Raiders are a great defense. I'm sure they'll move the ball on the Raiders because everybody does. But to me, like, where are they going with that? So just to summarize, you think this is a, a remarkable, from the owner's perspective, a devaluation or they're devaluing the head coaching position. The head coaching position is very much looked at differently these days. No doubt. And I think ultimately what you have to do is you recognize it. Like, I think to me, what Philly has done is they've said, okay, 
you know, we're going to hire an inexperienced head coach, and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to organizationally, we're going to carry him. And they've been able to do that successfully. Credit to them. I didn't think that could work, but obviously it's working better than I anticipated. But this move to me with no experience, with somebody coming completely out of left field, uh, I, I find it hard because football is about leadership. It's also about intellectual stimulation. The players today will only listen to somebody who thinks they're going to make them better. Now, I mean, I think it's going to be interesting to read what Ursay says at the press conference at some point. Some, he's going to have to address this because obviously this isn't what Chris Ballard would have done. This isn't what Chris Ballard would have done. I mean, I don't think Chris Ballard would have wanted to fire Reich in the season, but I think this is what Chris Ballard would have done. So, like, how, how, like, how did you get here? It's like the Texans trying to hire Josh McCowan with no experience. Levy in Kansas City with that Pendergast machine. You know Harry Truman and Pendergast and the unions. Michael Lombardi, a little throwback to uh, McCullough's great book. Anywho, I digress. Um, yeah, well, here, do me a favor. You got everybody's number in the book. Give me Ballard's number. I'll text him right now. I'll get some juice and then I'll report. <laughs> um, okay, so that's it. I, again, if anything, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to watch the Colts the rest of the year more than just some random, you know, uh, highlighting somebody on the coaching staff. They bring in Jeff Saturday from ESPN, and that number. First thing we do as betters is we look to the number. And that number right now, Indy at Vegas is Vegas laying six. So I mean, Vegas, Vegas. the fact that they've won two games and, and they're favored at home by more than a, by oh, more than a field goal is remarkable, right? You know, and so that's a, that's kind of interesting. And you know, we know that 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 Vegas hasn't been able to slap anybody. They've been struggling as as anything. So it, it'll be an interesting game how this is all going to play out how this affects the number i don't know i don't know how does it affect game strategy see game strategy isn't do we punt do we kick game strategy is it occurs monday through saturday, through sunday it's all it's all progressive it's not just a day in advance so i, I don't know how it works but again i don't i don't understand the 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 concept behind i want a strategist as my head coach i want somebody who's going to develop the young players, demand from the assistant coaches. Like, look, I think we got to get this guy ready to go. I think this player, you know, it's, it's hard. It's a hard job. I can't confirm Mike Greenberg being brought along on the staff, but I, I will report if I do here. Okay, uh, easy well, jokes yeah, aside. But look, here's the thing I think for any worldwide leader viewer, any worldwide leaguer viewer, uh, because uh, – you know, Herm Edwards is coming back. So we'll replace Saturday with Herm. So don't worry about it. If you're an ex-Jet employee at the Worldwide Leader, you've got a heck of a chance. Ursay's a different cat, man. No tell. It, 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 this, is, this is wild. Okay. Baltimore, New Orleans. Should we at least touch on it? I think we should. Baltimore's laying a point and a half. Remember, Michael, this number opened three, three and a half. And has been, and the tickets, BetMGM's taken, you know, 60% of the tickets on Baltimore, yet we're seeing that number come down. So some respected money here on New Orleans. The injuries are the big topic here. Bateman, their wide receiver won there with Baltimore. He's done for the year. Mark Andrews is out tonight. Gus Edwards is doubtful. Demarcus Robinson is questionable as far as Dobbins already out. So injuries. One thing I will say. New Orleans, who's coming off a great offensive performance, as you mentioned, against the Raiders and a shutout there. New Orleans is is very good on offense this year. Their run defense is elite, and Baltimore is going to want to run the football. This is an interesting matchup. Yeah, I think that to me, you know, Dennis Allen does a good job. Against, like, he does a good job against Brady. He did a good job against Josh McDaniels. He kind of, there's certain teams that he kind of has a feel for, right? So I think he does have a feel because they run the six-back offense in practice so much. So he understands Roman. I think he gets what they want to try to do. You know, likely will take the place of Andrews. They're going to try to throw the ball inside. That's what Lamar does. And they've got to play the run. Their front's got to dominate. I mean, they're playing at home. It's going to be a festive environment. And at the end of the day, you know, really what has to happen is Andy Dalton can't beat them. I mean, Andy Dalton's got to be able to say, you know, to play mistake-free, don't turn the ball over. Camaro's got to be the player that he's been the last couple weeks when he's been really humming. And they've got to be able to use Taysom Hill. When they have Taysom Hill, I know nobody loves Taysom Hill as a quarterback, but when they have Taysom Hill in this offense, you know, they're averaging five yards a carry. 
You know, Taysom Hill averages 8.6 yards a carry. He's got five touchdowns, right? You know, they can put some points on the board. You know, they lost to Arizona. That was a heartbreaker. You know, Cincinnati beat them in the last second of the game. That was challenging. But they beat they beat a good Seattle team. They put 38 points on – 39 points on Seattle. And we know Seattle start. we didn't think much of it, right? They lose to Minnesota. We didn't think much of Minnesota, right, when they lost to them by three up the, uh, uh, over in London. But that was a really close game. The ball, ball hit the bar. This is a big game for New Orleans. I think this is a game that New Orleans gets themselves back into the South conversation, and they might be the best team in the South. By the way, if they win tonight, they're in a three-way tie for the lead in the NFC South, as you just mentioned. And it's funny you said that about, you know, Dalton is the starter there now. Winston's not in the mix. Dalton's played better, and the Saints offense has put up 24 points or more in five straight games. And and this is something Michael will be curious about. They're seventh in EPA since week four, so this is an offense that actually has played pretty well. They've dealt with injuries on both sides of the ball. Of course, Thomas shut down and others, but you know, they've moved the football. It's really been a middling pass defense and the turnovers, right? They've had some bad turnover luck, right? They're 32nd in the league in turnovers. So they give the ball away and they're 29th in the league in forcing turnovers. So they don't really do a good job. They can't intercept the ball and they throw too many interceptions. But when you when you peel back that, when they don't, like, of the last three weeks, okay, of the last three weeks, they've had one game with a turnover. That was Arizona. They had three turnovers in the Arizona game. We saw that. That that ended on Thursday night. I mean, they beat Arizona if, 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 if Dalton isn't throwing the ball for them for touchdowns. So, you know, they put up 494 yards against Arizona. I mean, they can move the football. And when they protect the ball, you know, when they protect the football, they're pretty good. They have to protect the ball tonight. They can run the ball, Patrick. They can run it effectively. Yep. They've got a lot of different variations of how to run this ball, and they can make some plays in the passing game. I mean, you know, the last two weeks they've thrown the ball effectively. They threw it for 400, 409 yards against Arizona. They threw it for 231 against the Raiders. I mean, they held the Raiders They held the Raiders to 13 first downs. Now, the Raiders, say whatever you want about the Raiders. The Raiders move the ball. Now, they don't finish the second half, but the Raiders can move the ball, and the Raiders only ran for 38 yards against them. Also, how about Baltimore's offense? Hot start. Not so much recent weeks. You know, they really, those weeks one through four, they got off to a great start. And defensively, uh, let's call out the elephant in the room. New scheme, new coordinator. They have not been good. I understand they're injured on defense, but Baltimore's got to pick it up defensively. Well, they can't, and they haven't played great pass defense. I mean, where they've been very good, and this is where they gain an advantage tonight. They're third in the league in creating turnovers with their defense. Why the hell would you let Wink Martindale go? He's been running a great defense there in Baltimore for years. It makes absolutely well, you got no Jeff sense. Sa- why would you hire Jeff Saturday? You got why, why hire Wink when you can get Jeff Saturday? By the way, when we come back, I got Bond just sent me a fascinating stat about Saturday in as head coach there with Colts. We continue. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals each week i'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever i'm talking marcus dixon olympic gymnastics kane velasquez salacious super bowl level scandals Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, 
as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Question How do you bet? an NFL head coach with zero experience this week? The only answer is to become a VEASAN subscriber. VEASAN, that was, that was a stretch. VEASAN.com slash subscribe, but all the information is there. College basketball starts tonight. Subscriber benefits are off the charts. Pro tools, pro picks, pro tips. We give you the plays. We email them to you. Become a VEASAN pro for 99 bucks right now. That's cheap. You're ripping us off. It's VEASAN.com slash subscribe. We're back. So here it is. Uh, it's Jeff Saturday out at ESPN in with the Colts. This is uh, by way of Bond and Pro Football Talk. Jeff Saturday is the first NFL head coach with no college or pro coaching experience since Norm Van Brocklin went from the 60s NFL MVP, 1960 NFL MVP with the Eagles, to coach the Vikings in 61. So this is something we haven't seen for 50-plus uh, years, as Jeff Saturday has been named the interim head And that, that was a completely Colts. different game, too. You know, back then... When, when players went from playing to coaching, I mean, you know, Unitas called all his plays. Starr called all his plays. I mean, they called plays. Those guys called plays in the game. You know, we have become a, a game of specialization. And, you know, and so when you're, when you're not in the game, you know, like, okay, like they're going to get ready to go play the Raiders. Like, does Jeff Saturday know who Sidney Jones is, the corner that the Raiders just signed by way of – the University of Washington, to Philadelphia, to Seattle? Like, does he know his strengths, his weaknesses? Like, would he go in the room and say, hey, I want to attack City Jones if he's on the field? Like, no, of course not. He doesn't. How could he? I mean, one thing I've always said to coaches, and I've always advised, any coach who gets fired as a head coach, you, you, if you lose a draft, a full draft, you, you, you can't, you, it takes you, that's it, like losing three years in the NFL because you don't know who any of the players are. Yeah, but you act like, Saturday doesn't have the credentials to be the Colts head coach. Duh, he is in their ring of honor. So he's good to go. And he was the coach, as you mentioned, for Hebron Christian Academy in Dakula, Georgia. So he's good to go. And uh, that will be fascinating I, I, in I, Vegas. I completely understand it. I, I get it. I, like, nothing surprises me. I think the college game is actually way better than the pro game in terms of for coaches because of the contracts and the buyouts and all that. I mean, the NFL has become just really whimsical, and who's advising the owner is always so difficult. And I think it's really harder and harder in the NFL to get alignment. It's really hard to get alignment. And, and without alignment, it, it's a challenge to win. And when you don't have alignment, I'm not saying that there's not alignment in Indianapolis, because I do think that Ursay understands alignment I think sometimes he gets off. Maybe he just wants somebody in there to to mine the store that he trusts and he feels like he knows it. I don't I can't imagine. I've listened to Jeff Saturday on ESPN. I'll say this. I can't imagine that he understands the intricacies of what actually goes into running an NFL franchise. Do they have one way uh, flights from Bristol to Indy? That's the question. He's got to get there quickly. They don't have an airport in Bristol. Up. I mean, but look, I Herm's coming back, so that's all you need to know. You worldwide leader fans, you're good shape. He's coming back to tell you what's happening in college and pro. So, you know, and so Saturday we'll we'll get his replacement handled. Pro tip: I can't imagine Saturday. Saturday would give up. I can't imagine Saturday would give up a good job at ESPN for something that wasn't permanent. I was going to say no. This is this is definitely an audition to continue as the head coach next year for the Colts. You're just going to uproot and go to Indy and just YOLO? Uh, qu quickly, just a pro tip. We give out pro tips every day here on Beeson For Jeff Saturday, it's going to be quick. You're going to get there. you got a game coming up. Michael, he should focus on pad level. <laughs> I got, yeah, yeah I got he will focus on pad level. I got I got he will focus on. I mean, I'm sure he's, sure he's going to walk in the offensive line. I mean, look, I don't mean to be – I'm not saying I'm smarter than Jeff Saturday or, you know, I'm just saying – I know the challenges that awaits him, and they're way harder than he could ever imagine. They're way harder than he could even imagine. Because 
getting people to buy. Part of the biggest issue in the NFL is getting people to buy in, getting everybody on the same page. It's hard, very challenging. And if people think that they know more than you do, like if you're Bubba Ventrone, who's a really good special teams coach, and you have aspirations to be a head coach, and you just got passed over for a guy that wasn't even in the building, yeah, a little hard. You know, if you're John yep. Fox, wait a minute, I've, I've done this job. Now, maybe John Fox is going to help him. I don't know. You know? Well, anyway, I hope Jeff gets there before Saturday because they've got a game on Sunday. Uh, let's uh, here, go quickly. Here's what I do know. Here's what I do know. In watching the league, even if you have experience, being a head coach is still one of the hardest jobs in all of sports. And so to take someone with no experience – and to put him in what I consider a, the hardest job, a job harder to get than the United States senator, to me is a little bit a stretch. This is not. But it I'm makes it easy for guess. me, Patrick. I mean, I, I mean, I could tell Ben Fox and, and Bill Eighty. I mean, it's going to be easy. I'm going to write about <laughs> Jeff Saturday for tomorrow. It's easy. I mean, it makes the NFL makes. I don't even have to think for ideas. They give me ideas. I'm not being sarcastic. I'd still take him over Dan Campbell. Uh, okay. I'm not being sarcastic. Okay. Hey, I think we're getting to the point where we may have AI intelligence as head coaches. We just may send it into the bat lab and see what happens. Okay. Here's what the bat lab says. Cause guys that are supposed to be really smart still make, I mean, you know, they tell me that Mike McDaniel's brilliant. I haven't seen one brilliant thing he's done so far. Are you, t- are you telling me Elton Musk could end up coaching an NFL team? He's, I think Elton could do a hell of a job. I mean, look, he, one thing about Elton now, Elton don't mind taking people on. You know, he, you come after Elton, Elton coming back right after you now. He, he, he doesn't mind a, a, a little Twitter war. I kind of enjoy it. I do have some dire news for Colts fans, and this, is, uh, this isn't going to go over well. Jeff Saturday's record as a head coach in high school in his final season, just three and seven. So not a good omen. So anyway, wow. we're having fun. Anywho, the, uh, as you would say, anywho. Anywho. Can I get can I get from you your number on tonight's matchup? I know there's a ton oh, of injuries. Yeah, sh- I know it's a short week. Uh but we've I got had it as a one point. A point I think I had it as a one point five game while I get that document out. I think I had it as a one five game all the way through. Uh my power uh, rankings here. Just just as a, a note, the Baltimore one, is three, one. very one three one. So one three no one. Wiggle. Yep. No wiggle. I had Baltimore's the favorite. One three one. Yes. I, I I will say it's a great scheduling spot for Baltimore. They're going to be good and rested. Remember the last time they played was that Thursday against Tampa, where they won. Harbaugh with ten or more days of rest in his career there with Baltimore. Sixteen nine and two ATS sixty four percent. So Baltimore has had plenty of time to prepare for this Saints team. I don't know if you give an edge there because of it. You know, I, I, I do. I think Baltimore's always tough, but I think it's harder to play in that dome on the road with crowd noise. I think it's going to be a challenge. I think without Andrews and that security blanket, it really makes it hard for Lamar. He's going to have to play really well. And look, the Saints can play good run defense, and I think Dennis Allen can do a good job tonight. I think this is all about who protects the football the best. I really do. That's what it comes down to. By the way, just a one last comment on Saturday. No truth to the rumor that film study includes first take. Yeah. Oh, of course. They probably have it on in the building. Why wouldn't they watch it? I'm, I'm getting, oh, there's so many ways to go way, with this. I'm getting way One goofy. thing, I te- one thing I'll tell you is the, the worldwide leader will get access. I mean, they're going to have to have it. They'll have access. Can I give you a prop on tonight's game and you can shoot it down or you can tell me you like it? Uh, Devin uh-huh. Duvernay, over 39 and a half yards receiving. The targets are going to be way up. He's got nobody else to throw the ball to. Duvernay's got to get to 40. A couple shops at 41, 42, but I found one offshore, 39 and a half on Duvernay. The speedster, the little guy, he's, the targets are going to be way up because he's got nobody else to throw the ball to. Well, he's got 24 catches on the season, but the guy that I would go over with is likely. Isaiah Likely is the third leading receiver on their team. He's got 16 catches. Now, in that 16 catches, and even though he's not started, he's had 28 targets. Andrews has 65 targets and 42 catches. So we know the ball's going inside. So take the inside receivers. Gotcha. I'll get the number on Isaiah Likely as far as receiving yards in the prop here in just a second. Okay, well. That is, uh, we just breaking news all over the place as we continue to roll along. We've got our buddy uh, Mike Pritchard joining us coming up next, so we will talk to him. Uh, a quick 
word on the Packers, who have lost five straight. That's the longest streak in the NFL. Uh, three picks by Aaron Rodgers, all inside the Lions' five-yard line, by the way. Three bad mm-hmm. interceptions. Like, bad. he's got a coach, and you said it during the break, and it's really well put. Who is going to fix this? Because the coach isn't an alpha with Rodgers, who is really controlling that team with his attitude right now, and it's not good. I mean, look, you know, again, I'm a Rodgers defender because I think ultimately they haven't done a very good job of managing the situation. They're asking young players to play with a veteran quarterback. That's a hard thing to do. He's way over here taking algebra, and they're over here taking second-grade math. You know, it's a completely different world now, you know, and so that's their own fault. Like, you can't do that. You can't – you had to change the offense. Now they lose Rashard Gary, their best pass rusher. He's out with an ACL. He's out for the season. So they they lose their best pass rusher. They can't stop the run. You know, they couldn't stop. I mean, Swift obviously makes a huge difference for Detroit, their team. So, I I mean, look, LaFleur, they got Dallas and Tennessee coming up Green Bay. How do they win either one of those games? Coming up next, Mike Pritchard's going to join us. We'll get his take on Monday Night Football. Plus, we'll get Pritch's take on an ESPN employee running the Colts. Da-na-na, da-na-na. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, Lombardi Line, we welcome you back on a busy day, a Monday. Hope you had a nice weekend. He's Michael Lombardi, live in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher, live from Los Angeles. And we're going to bring in our buddy, of course, VSIN host and our special analyst every Monday. That is Mike Pritchard, former NFL pro. And that's a great place to start with Pritch. First, we say hi and thank you, Mike. Played in the league for a long time. I know for a fact you didn't have a situation like what's happening in Indy. Jeff Saturday Mm -hmm. has been announced. He's going to leave ESPN, and he's going to take over the Colts. What was your initial reaction there, Pritch? Yeah, that Pat McAfee is going to be offensive coordinator, I think. Um, (laughs) I don't know what's going on out there in Indy. Obviously, you have Gus Bradley on the staff. You know, he's been a a head coach before, some kind of experience, certainly as an interim and. Uh, I, I don't know what is going on uh, in Indy. Uh, I know that it's not comforting. I mean, I, I, I knew I knew that they had smoke screens coming out of Indy uh, with the firing of, of their offensive coordinator. And by the way, I don't know who the who offensive coordinator is going to be. Uh, and then they also benched uh, Ryan, uh, Matt Ryan there. So I, I just, I don't know what they're doing. Um, obviously, it led to the firing of Frank Reich, which... Uh, that was uh, the writing was on the wall for that. I thought it would happen at the end of the year in, instead of right now. But, you know, Jeff Saturday, maybe he can fire up the troops. Uh, they have a decent coaching staff, I think. They have some quality coaches on that staff, I believe. So uh, I don't know if this is a motivational thing or just an Ursay uh, familiarity thing uh, with Jeff Saturday. Yeah, Mike, you're in the meeting room, and they just announced a guy that has never coached before in your, his life at this level, and he walks in to start to tell you as a player how we're going to win the next game. I mean, are, is there a taint of, of like, shot of uh, doubt in your mind? Yes, um, because this is a player who once played for the organization and zero coaching experience, um, and I don't know if he's going to come into this building and help us solve all the issues that we have right now. Right. Uh, it's like a knee jerk reaction uh, in terms of getting rid of Frank Reich. And and so we don't have any direction right now. Uh, we don't know Jeff Saturday. Yeah, he put on a uniform and uh, certainly played at a high level championships and all. But uh, I, we, I, I don't know from a credibility standpoint, because it's my generation now. It's my career now. Uh, I don't know from that standpoint what Jeff Saturday is going to deliver for us and, and provide for us. Uh, uh, in terms of fixing things, important game uh, this week on the road against the Raiders, as everybody knows. And uh, yeah, it's just a, a situation altogether. Pritch breaking up a little bit there. You mentioned the Raiders will host the Colts, Michael. The Colts uh, are going to be catching six right now as we sit here. I'll, I'll play counterpoint for one second, Michael, and you fire back. It's a good coaching staff. Ursay looks at it and says, look, the head coach just needs to be a motivator, an overseer. We'll let the assistants stay where they are and bring in somebody to fire up the troops. Do you, if, I fire, if I say that to you, what's your response? 
I think Mike could speak on fire up. I, I think the fire up idea on players is kind of a little bit too high schoolish. It's about intellectual stimulation. And I think it's about if you follow me and we do these things, we're going to win this game. That's what, to me, the coach gets. You, you know, that's where you got to go. The the fire up, the Dan Campbell, let's get everybody excited. That that doesn't really work, you know. To the first quarter, you're kind of like, well, what happened to that, you know. So it's like, how are we going to fix this problem? I, I think – I. To me, this tells me that that other people had ideas of how to fix the offense that Frank wasn't listening to because they fired the offensive coordinator probably because he maybe wanted to do something different, and now they fired the head coach because they, they wouldn't do anything different. So this is about offensive football. So now who's calling the plays? The defense, nobody's going to touch the defense. They're going to stay on their own and do what they do. That's what Gus Bradley always does. So I, I think to me – it's who's going to strategize the game plan. How are we going to set up the game plan to give us the best chance with Ellinger to play to win the game? Or are we going to go to Nick Foles? We've already told Matt Ryan you've been demoted. I mean, poor Matt Ryan. He, you know, he thought he went to a stable organization. He's got to be looking around saying, like, what just happened here? It's fascinating. Pritch, it's yeah. fascinating. And they're coming off a beatdown by the Patriots yesterday where the quarterback was sacked nine times. That was ugly there at Gillette, Pritch. Yeah, you know, guys, I feel sorry for Sam Ellinger right now because he's just thrusted into the situation. No offensive coordinator, uh, no no vision for that offense at all uh, right now either. Uh, and, and Jeff Saturday comes in. I don't know if he's familiar with any of the coaches, the communication, and what's going to be needed right there. Is he going to be able to manage it? Is he going to be able to coach the coaches pretty tough? Uh, all those situations are up in the air right now. And uh, you know, if you're looking at uh, backing anything uh, going forward with the Colts, obviously you got to proceed with caution. But more importantly, uh, I, I think you have to have a good feeling of the situation with Jeff Saturday now as interim, uh, along with working with that current coaching staff. I think, yep. you know, when you make an interim coach, Patrick, you basically are saying to the players, here's our substitute teacher. And unless you do what Steve Wilkes is doing in Carolina, where you're basically holding people accountable and firing some of the coaches you don't want around you, then because you wanted to give a, give yourself the best chance possible to become the next head coach. And I give, you know, Wilkes should do whatever he wants to do. Today he fired two defensive coaches, Paul Pascaloni, the former Syracuse coach, and, and Cooper, Evan Cooper, the, the, the defensive back coach. He fired those guys because he wants to run. I guess he wants the people around him to that he's familiar with. I get that. But like wh where, you know, like when when it doesn't work is usually when somebody's just minding the store that the substitute teachers just take and roll. Like it doesn't work. Like I've seen this. It falls. It gets it goes from bad to worse to really bad. And you say, well, it can't get any worse than two yards of play against New England. It probably can. Speaking of the Panthers, Pritch, let's stick with you here. Cincinnati, a 42-21 dominating win over Carolina. Less than a week after getting embarrassed on Monday night, the Bengals bounce back. And how about Mixon? This is one for the ages, right? Five total touchdowns, four rush, one receiving. That is quite a day for the running back. Yeah, it really is. You know, I gave him the nickname of Pigpen uh, from Charlie Brown because, you know, the character walks around as a dust storm wherever he walks. And, <laughs> Uh, that was Joe Mixon, every two yards in a cloud of dust, right? But uh, no, he, he found some running room, which that needed to happen for Cincinnati. And in order for Cincinnati to correct everything on that offense, uh, including the sack situation, the, the absence of Jamar Chase, they needed to start running the football. Uh, and it was uh, a status quo for, for the Bengals, too. Last week, they were embarrassed. This week was the correction week, uh, and it paid off. I mean, Joe Mixon... Uh, implemented in the offense and that way in a significant matter really helped out uh, that game against the Panthers. Michael, your take, it looked like in it, Mixon is a guy that you've always talked about that Taylor hadn't utilized correctly, right? Mm -hmm. It's just like you have a dynamic player here, but he's just not being used correctly. Is this a, a turning of the page in, in a sense for the Bengals and Mixon and his usage? Well, I mean, it was against the Panthers. I mean, they didn't take him out. The Panthers never made and when you When you allow Cincinnati to run the ball out of 11 personnel, then you really haven't done anything to set the edge or take him out of the game. I mean, the key to, to key when you're in a team that's always in one personnel group without a lead blocker, without a two tight ends, is you got to set the edge and you got to force him and you got to tackle well. 
from the very first play of the game, I think it felt to me like watching that game that they were still feeling sorry for themselves that they lost to Atlanta. And they never regrouped it. The game, that game was over when it was 14 to nothing. Like, that was over. There was no turning around on that game. And they just didn't play with any physicality. They didn't play hard at all. Yeah. Pritch, I wanted to ask you a shootout in Chicago. I wanted mm-hmm. to ask you if this is sustainable, and that is Fields as a running back playing quarterback. I mean, the numbers are gaudy, right? 178 right. rush yards, touchdown, three touchdown passes. The guy's a tremendous athlete. Can you see, again, if he stays healthy, which we pray for, but is it sustainable having a runner like this at quarterback and trying to build an offense around him? You know what, Patrick? It's a great question. I think it's decade after decade, though, uh, when we see whether it's Randall Cunningham uh, and his ability, you know, whether um, RG3 when he got into the league, you know, uh, Lamar Jackson. Uh, eventually, you're going to have to evolve into a pocket passer. Eventually, you're going to have to learn how to play quarterback uh, as opposed to being the best athlete on the field. Uh, it's Pop Warner uh, right now for Justin Fields. And um, that is not sustainable. It's, it's going to get to a point where teams can catch up and, uh, and certainly understand what he likes to do and when he likes to do that, those kind of things. It's remarkable to watch it. But it's the same movie. Uh, it's the same movie, just a different year uh, in the National Football League. It, he's a tremendous athlete, but eventually he's going to have to learn uh, how to deliver the ball or, or pass the ball out of the pocket. Hopefully he'll have some weapons around him. I know they picked up Claypool, but uh, they do need some more help uh, for Justin Fields. But, uh, no, it, it's exciting to watch, and I, I do not believe it's sustainable uh, in terms of for his career path and, and certainly the success out there in Chicago. You know, I mean, I think at the end of the game, you could see it. When they have to throw the ball, the guy averaged 4-4 completion. I mean, I know Twitter's blowing up like he had this incredible game, and I know he had a great QBR. And a, Like, at some point, you can't run the ball. you got to make plays in the passing game. At the end of the game, I know that kid dropped the ball, but at some point, when you, you the fourth quarter, when you look at the – they couldn't make a play to get – they had a chance. I mean, McDaniel gave him every opportunity to get back in the game. I'll tell you what. One person and one person only could turn Justin Fields into a pocket passer. Jeff Saturday. When we come <laughs> there back, <you> go. <laughs> when All we right. come back, we're going to get – see how the teaser syndicate's doing. Pritch will get a play from him on Monday Night Football and Michael Lombardi as well. We continue this Lombardi line. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals each week i'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever i'm talking marcus dixon olympic gymnastics kane velasquez salacious super bowl level scandals Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Here we go. 
You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, BetMGM Rewards is Sporting's and Sports Betting's premier loyalty program. What is it? It's a reward situation. So you go to BetMGM.com or download the app, and when you bet, you get points. When you get those points, they accrue, and you can use them towards free bets, travel, airfare, whatever you want. It's shows in Vegas, it's a great deal. Again, betting's premier loyalty program. BetMGM, the king of sports books. 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. 21 years or older. We got you back. We'll get official plays or leans on Monday Night Football. You've got the Ravens laying a point and a half at New Orleans. Mike Pritchard, VEASAN host, joins Michael Lombardi and myself here on the Lombardi line. The big news, Jeff Saturday, interim head coach there with the Colts. But I wanted to play something. Uh, let's do this, Bon. Let's go ahead. The Jets, a huge win over the Bills. Okay, we'll hold, we'll hold off a little bit. Um, I'm going to start with you, Michael, and then I want to play a clip for Pritch and get him to react of Josh Allen. Um, what stood out to you, whether the Jets or the Bills, the first thing that jumped out about that win for the Jets yesterday, Michael? Well, they, they sacked Josh Allen five times. They got him on the ground. I think that's a miracle. I mean, it's this is a hard guy to sack. He's 6'5". He's 260 pounds. He's, they give him a long whistle. He's hard to get on the ground, and they got him on the ground five times, and they disrupted the flow of the rhythm of their offense, and they only gave up one, two big plays, the 36-yard run and the 42-yard Stephon Diggs, and they, they made him uncomfortable, and they were able to stay attached. The other thing, without Matt Milano, the Jets were able to run the ball. I mean, the Jets were able to run the football, so they kept their quarterback from having to participate in the game, which was critical. You know, that's the thing. They, they can't let Zach Wilson beat him, right? So they, they got to keep him away, you know, let him do a couple things in the game. And so I thought that was probably the best thing that they did. And, and then in the fourth quarter, you know, the Jets were able to – they had 17 plays in the fourth quarter. They had five first downs, and they got a field goal. Buffalo had 24 plays in the fourth quarter, five first downs and a field goal, and that punt cost them. Pritch, I'm going to play a clip for you. As far as accountability and the quarterback, go ahead and roll it, Bond. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to win in this league. Um, you're playing a good team, and your quarterback plays like made some bad decisions tonight. Really cost our team. Um, lots to learn from, lot to grow from. But that's not that's not the uh, standard we hold ourselves to. That's not the ball that we play. Um, so, lot to look at, lot to learn from. So that's Alan Pritch taking accountability. You like to see that in the locker room. You know what I do because the bills are slipping uh, right now. You know I I don't know if it's about uh, the press clippings or about the fast start uh, navigating the front end of that schedule before the bye week, but after the bye week, uh, Josh Allen has been sloppy uh, and slipping a little bit. Uh, Michael brought up a great point. I mean, today's NFL, which is ironic right now because we know scoring's down, but you have to have a toughness factor. Uh, and last year, I didn't think Buffalo really had that. I mean, Josh Allen is remarkable. He's a great athlete, incredible player, and can do a lot for you. Um, but where's the toughness, though, with this football team? I'm talking about in the trenches, you know, and uh, not so much making plays that way, but just being tough. And I, I think defensively, great against the pass. They bring in Vaughn Miller. He's a closer. Uh, but if you can run the ball like the Jets did, what, 10 rushes? Uh, down the stretch right there. It's like, what are, what are they going to do? How, how, how is Von Miller going to uh, be effective, you know, off the edge in, in terms of being a closer? So uh, I would love to see Buffalo uh, look at themselves critically, stop reading the press, stop thinking about being a front runner uh, and develop. And Teddy Brucey said this perfectly. Uh, he said, look, they got to develop a killer instinct. And he would know when it comes to winning Super Bowls. So uh, he has not seen that from Buffalo, but that's something uh, that Buffalo, not only accountability, but they need to develop a, a different mindset going forward. Well, they've been able to avoid it, right? In the fourth quarter against Green Bay, they should have easily covered that number of 10 and a half, and they turn it over twice. And then this game in the fourth quarter, they can't close it out. You know, and I think a lot of it comes back to where, you know, it feeds into the six-back offense. Like, like we all get carried away with the the running of the quarterback and he's the leading rusher of the team. But when he's got to make a play in the passing game, is he going to do it? Now, I think Allen can, but you got to do it, you know. And, and I think when we watch Justin Fields, he didn't do it in the fourth quarter. Like you got to make a play in the passing game. Brady, for whatever reason, however it happened, he gets a, the longest pass of the day, 28 yards in the final 48 seconds of the game. If he doesn't make that play, they're going to win the game. 
you got to make a play in the passing game. And I think ultimately Buffalo, and you can't turn the ball over. I mean, you can't turn the ball over when you're playing against a team that's just trying to not turn the ball over. And, look, I think the other thing that's important, when you're playing these six-back teams, your defensive line has to be fast. It has to be really fast. And you've got to be able to tackle and close. And I think the Jets are strong in that area. Conversely, that was Josh Allen Pritch taking accountability. And Michael right. Lombardi has a strong take as far as the head coach there in Green Bay and the quarterback. And we'll get to that in a second. But Rodgers, three terrible picks. He's perpetually gone after his teammates this year. He shows demonstratively his frustration on the sideline when they drop a pass. Like, what would your reaction be there as a receiver or runner with Rodgers attacking you? I mean, it goes back to the fact that there's no veteran present um, in that receiving room for, I mean, Sammy Watkins, but I mean, he's been jumping around a little bit, but he's not part of the fabric. And and, and Aaron Rodgers has talked about the standard, right? And um, this is what I know. Aaron Rodgers' Hall of Fame career is in his rearview mirror. How he's playing right now out the front windshield, he stinks. Uh, and I, I don't know if he's, humbled enough to recognize that or even want to recognize that uh you, you think about potential trade partners that could have been out there for for aaron uh right uh but obviously he signs the contract he gets the money um uh, but I, I mean i think some of those franchises are happy that they didn't get him uh because he stinks right now and he has the arrogance to uh to not look at himself critically uh so i know he's been calling everybody else out but there's nobody on that roster to call him out you know, there's nobody else there to kind of uh, enforce that. Uh, and therefore, Aaron Rodgers uh, uh, has this autonomy, it feels like right now. But uh, his his performances right now, uh, guys, ha have not been up to par recently. No, I, I, look, he, I don't think he can deny that. I think the head coach has, doesn't have control of the team. I think that's pretty clear. And the head coach hasn't given themselves a chance to adapt an offense to based on the talent level that he has. He doesn't have Devontae Adams. You know, his two best players are Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And when you're not using them all the time, you're really hurting yourself. You're hurting your team. And every time, you know, I mean, he, he keeps going for it on fourth down like he's got this high-profile offense. I mean, it's almost ridiculous. Take the points. You're playing a team that struggles. They don't protect the ball. The longer the game goes, you got a chance to win it. But why give the game away early? And I think, it, you know, to me, yeah, I think Rodgers is bad. I think he's playing poorly. But I also think that, to me, you know, the, the head coach has got to play better. Hey, look, it's what happens when you take on that ferocious Lions defense. Uh, okay, a you couple of minutes. Certainly. <laughs> certainly. Yeah. Uh, you fired the defensive back coach, and my goodness. Okay, Pritch, I'm really curious to get your take on tonight. Baltimore, New Orleans. If you want to bet New Orleans, you lost the best of the number. Remember, you could have gotten three. It's down to Baltimore laying a point and a half, Pritch, and the total is 46 and a half. Yeah, I'm all teased out, Patrick. Uh, I, I hit every play from this past weekend, so I'm all teased out. I mean, I don't, I don't need the Saints or anything. Uh, you know, the line keeps dropping. Uh, the Saints are in a great situation. They can get to four and five and look at that division. Uh, those three teams, uh, talking about the Falcons, uh, the Buccaneers, and the Saints could be four and five uh, in that division. So that's interesting. Um, we know about Lamar Jackson and his record against the NFC uh, because of lack of preparation, right? But the Saints have Taysom Hill, who can kind of mimic – uh, what Lamar Jackson is or that six eligible that Michael talks about often. Uh, so I, from a preparation standpoint, Saints could have it. And and then can you, can you rely on Andy Dalton uh, against that defense now with Roquan Smith? To me, that's the tell right there. And uh, I don't know about that. I can't trust it. I stayed away from the game uh, altogether, guys. I, I had a great weekend, so I'm going to leave it at that. There you go. Michael? Enjoy it. I'm going to take, I'm going to take the Saints. I, I, I recommended it when it was two and a half. I'll stick to that number. Uh, I like to say I think they're playing better. I think they're they're a, kind of a sleepy, good offensive team when Danny Dalton doesn't turn it over. The key to this game is one team's defense turns it over, which is Baltimore. The other offense does turn it over, and I think that has me most worried about the game tonight, but I like the Saints. I think the Saints will play better at home today. Okay, I'm going to go Duvernay over 39 and a half receiving yards. Michael and Pritch on the way out. Uh, Pritch, yep. me and Michael have been talking about Flightline, this horse that won the Breeders' Cup Classic right. over the weekend. Uh, two and a half percent of the horse just sold for $4.6 million. So why did they oh. retire him? Two and a half percent 
sold for yeah. $4.6 million. So that's what, 97.5% still to go, Michael. That's an insane number. It's insane. And, and, and you know, God bless Flightline. You know, all he's got to do is eat hay and have a good time. Line the <laughs> Phillies up, right? Yeah. He's got, he, he is going to be a true playboy from here on out. I mean, God love him. Hey, that's like Pritch's retirement, right, Pritch? Yeah, that's right. There, there, there's a reason why they call you stud. Yeah. <laughs> it's, on, it's 100% right. Mike Pritchard, yeah. and a belated happy birthday to you. You're the very best. We'll, we'll talk to you next Monday, okay? Sounds great, guys. Awesome. Thank you. Michael, thanks, Thanks, Pritch. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Patrick. Tonight. Thanks, Stephen okay, Bond. got it. Big Bets is next. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.